What's good, everybody? Welcome to the Sports Business Podcast. I am your host, Eric Compton, a.k.a. Money Compton, a.k.a. Mr. Town Business. This podcast is available on all platforms, wherever you're getting your podcast from. We there, Google, Stitcher, Anchor, Spotify, Apple, um, you name it, we're there. You can also check me out on Instagram at Money Compton. You can also find me on the Twitterverse, that's S-P-O-R-T-Z-B-I-Z-N-E-S-S. You can also email the show as well at gmail.com. Man, now that we didn't got all that out the way, whew. I just got back in town this morning, early this morning, then had to work, and then I am just now recording this show, but man, when I talk about this weekend, this weekend was crazy. First of all, before I get into the weekend, um, I guess I got to talk about the Queen Elizabeth passing away last week, um, not too sh- sure with what you know who other what other countries are still utilizing a monarchy system but you know thing you know my my thoughts and prayers go out to the family and but I did see I didn't realize King Charles or Prince Charles whatever they're calling him nowadays one I didn't know that he was that old and two he looked older than his mama and and, and she ain't even no longer around so I don't know all the stress that Prince Charles or King whatever my man's Charles that's Charles the third that's what you get named here I don't know what kind of stress my man been going after ever since Diane, uh, Princess Diana passed away, but my man been going through it for the last thirty some years. So um, I hope he gets he pulls it together because he he moving slower than what his mama was doing, and you know um, it just he, I don't know, but you know there's a lot of different opinions on how people feel about the monarchy, the 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 whole entire um, royal British royalty family, but that's neither here or there. But yeah, like I said, this weekend was crazy, man. Um, I actually got to go out to Atlanta for the first time in over 11 years, which is crazy. Like I was stationed in that. I was stationed in Georgia for so long um, to for me not to have been out to Atlanta in over 10, 10 years is just mind boggling. But it's a whole different city. Um, but shout out to my man, Mark, uh, my man, Mark, who's a really, really good friend of mine. Um, he's actually the one that kind of talked me into going on to this trip from the get go. So my man Mark made some things. He made some things shake and bake. Uh, he, he's a huge avid soccer fan. So if you actually followed me on, on Instagram, you actually got to see a picture of me and Mark. And he took me to the Atlanta United um, soccer game, which I'm not going to lie. Yo, that thing was cracking like some broken bones. Like I, I really, really enjoyed my time at that game from the pep rally that they did. They was out here lighting smoke grenades, flares and everything else. They had the drums. Um, it kind of reminded me of going to an Oakland A's game with all the drum beating and everything, but it was a whole different vibe. So my man Mark really did his thing by taking me to my first ever MLS soccer game. And, and I'm, I'm not going to lie, like that stadium, which is the same stadium that the Atlanta Falcons play, it was damn near packed as if it was a Falcons game. It was very, it was a lot of people. That city has a lot of, the city has their support as far as soccer goes. So it's really dope to see that. Um, and it was actually dope just to be a part of that whole vibe because it was it was definitely a vibe and it was definitely cracking. Um, I had a great time. Got to catch up with a lot of my old former former soldiers, former good friends of mine. Uh, and it was just it was just a beautiful trip, man. Like I can't even 
I can't even, there's, that's one of the better trips I've taken in the last couple of years. So it was dope. I actually got to go to the Falcons Saints game, which I didn't, I didn't, I didn't know how much of a rivalry it was, but man, you talk about an NAACP rivalry right there between them two type of teams where it's just nothing but, um, you know, good, good heart to spirit. And like, I know there's a different, lot of different rivalries and things like that. But when I talk about like just brothers and sisters, you know, there's a lot of black people in Atlanta. There's a lot of black people in New Orleans. But one, I didn't know the Saints traveled that deep. Like, I always think about the Cowboys, Pittsburgh Steelers, the Raiders. Um, the 49ers travel pretty well as well. Like, I think about them 40, them four teams as far as their fan bases go. I always think about how deep they travel. The Saints, they was deep. And again, my man Mark, got to give him another shout out. My man got me up out of my room late Saturday night. And somehow we was able to go to the uh, New Orleans Saints. Look, they have wasn't sponsored by the team, but I don't know if it's like they booster club or whatever. But we ended up going into a party where Manny Fresh was up in there. And I believe Ron, I saw Ron Harper, former Chicago Bull, was up in there as well. Um, so, and they brought the second line out. They was out here marching. They marched in, shut the club down. And usually that means when the second line comes in, that means the party's over. They marched in there, did they thug this? They marched right on out. The whole entire gathering was out in the middle of downtown Atlanta and shut the whole entire streets down for like a good another 30 or 40 minutes. So it was a whole different vibe. And it was, like I say, it was, it was great. So my man, Mark, I appreciate you. Uh, from the bottom of my heart, but I did tell you I'm gonna be out in New Orleans in a couple of weeks, so y'all got some huge shoes to follow because uh, this trip was this trip was pretty pretty special. So um, that that's out the way. Um, but I, like I said, rivalry in sports. Um, I've been to a lot of different rivalry games. I've been to a lot of 49er rivalry games. I've been to a lot of Raider rivalry games, and I'm not gonna lie, like the the Falcons. I didn't know that the Falcons and the Saints was that that much of a rivalry game. I know it's a division game and everything, so you know you're gonna gonna have that beef between those two teams but that was a whole different type of um whole different type of swag that i was uh i was not accustomed to um like i said i went to i went did tailgating so i actually went to a couple of falcons tailgates uh before the game saturday or some sorry sunday and they was deep out there too so it was it was very very good to see but great game great soccer if y'all ever in the atlanta area go check out the atlanta united soccer team um soccer game it's dope like the fans are really really behind it um go check out miss miss icy out there in decatur that place is smop smacking too but yeah anyways we're gonna get into it but yeah go ahead and email the show let me know what's one of the dopest rivalries that i might need to check out or y'all have been to as far as any sports in particular but i done been to a whole bunch of Ra- raiders rivalry games i done been to a lot of 49er rivalry games um i've been to a cow uh, nfc east cow uh cowboys giants game and it i'm gonna keep it real the falcons against the saints game was probably up there as far as one of the more more heated rivalry games as far as just seeing two different fan bases clashing granted i'm from oakland california so a lot of fan bases with the afc west they wasn't coming out to oakland all like that anyways just for <laughs> security reasons so um, and I didn't know if they wanted to make sure their beneficiaries were up to date or not, as, if they was going to come out here to uh, Oakland, California. So it was dope. It was a whole different vibe. But anyways, we're going to get into the show. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about my week one's winners and losers. We definitely going to talk about the Raiders being losers. And then we're going to go into a little bit of the dummy of the day, um, which is a very, very interesting one. But I talked about this a lot with my friends over the weekend. So I saw this little news clip and I was like, this, this is why they're failing. But anyways, I'm gonna tell you a story real quick though, and it's going. I'm gonna, I'm gonna interweave it into what I saw Thursday night. So in the military, you have to take the physical fitness test twice a year, at least in the army you do. 
And most people, they usually are able to stand past it. You know, two minute push ups, two minute uh, sit ups, two minute. You got to run the mile, two miles in a certain amount of time. You have different age brackets. After you're done, you get weight. Uh, you have to take your weight. And they take your height, they take your weight, and you're supposed to be weighed. Your weight should be within this parameter based off your age. I don't know. These these metric systems are super outdated, and they're definitely not for people of color. But that's neither here nor there. There are so many people, I was included, where you would, you know, in between your two times of taking your PT test, you would kind of just, you know, low-key just, you know, eat what you want to eat, um, do what you want to do. And you kind of start bloating a little bit. And during them cold months, you ain't really trying to do a whole lot of PT. So you're going to eat a little bit more. Now you have to have that self-control of being able to push back from that table when you know you got a PT test coming up. And I say all that to say, if you don't, let's just say you bust weight. You have to get weight and tape and they go off of a body fat measure. And if you bust tape, then you're on the you're on the overweight program. The fat boy program is what we call it. And it's a very, very excruciating program for you to get off of it. And, you know, most people, after they pass their PT tests, you know, they eat really well. That's what I saw with the L.A. Rams this weekend or on Thursday, I should say, when I saw the Rams. They just looked when they played the Bills and got smoked by the Bills. They just look like a team that just wasn't motivated. They look like a team that had already been there and they look like a team that just doesn't want to go back there. Um, Let's keep it real. Like Sean McVay, you know, we didn't know if he was coming back to coach. They was offering all types of moolah. Um, all types of different fettuccine as far as going to t- going on the TV side. There was a lot of speculation that Aaron Donald wasn't going to come back. Matthew Stafford was another one. And there was a little bit of talks of maybe even possibly J- Jalen Ramsey. Um, we already knew Andrew Whitworth, who's probably going to have a Hall of Fame. He's going to go to the Hall of Fame. Their starting left tackle was going to. That was his last game if they won. So you kind of knew that. You have all these different pillars, um, these different Hall of Fame-esque careers of players that are willing to kind of say all right man i done got my chip we're kind of cool we're gonna go ahead and dip set and let the next following legacy kind of take over and i saw this team and they just did not look motivated granted it's championship night it's a whole different environment it's a whole different atmosphere you didn't see the banner being um unveiled to your fans and things like that but von miller looked like he was the one that didn't win a super bowl last year um, Josh Allen definitely looked like he had something to prove. And just looking at the Rams, they just didn't look like they wanted to be there. And they looked like they had been on the fat boy program and that they were not ready to play. And that's highly concerning because Matthew Stafford, he, Matthew Stafford, you know, he's a great quarterback. He's, you know, he, he came from Detroit after all them sorry years. He bring, comes out here his first year and he's actually able to make some, make something shake and bake. That's cool and all. But there's this, there's just these two things that just kind of concern me that I saw a whole lot of sports analysts talking about was one, everybody was talking about how great Allen Robinson is. Man, what the hell has Allen Robinson done since he left Jacksonville, the Jacksonville Jaguars back in 20, ooh, I don't know, 2016, 2017? Because I know he went to the Bears, but what the hell has Allen Robinson done? Well, oh, he has a big body and, and Matthew Stafford has never had a wide receiver of this type of nature with his type of physique. Man, what the hell that got to do with anything? My man has not done nothing in the last few, four, three or four years for sure because he played for the Bears. My thing is this. You have to be consistent. Consistency kills. And if you're playing with sorry quarterbacks like he did in Chicago, you're not going to be able to just go to a winning team with a great quarterback and just be able to just ball out like yo, like you just been balling like you was in Jacksonville. Like, And not to mention, all them years that he was in Jacksonville, he had another dude named Allen. I forgot his name. 
it was Allen something too. Um, there was two Allens that were wide receivers. I forgot the other dude's name. So he had another great wide receiver to compliment him. Granted, he's got Cooper Cup here, but that don't mean nothing, man. So I don't know what this this whole big deal is on Allen Robinson. Like I said, my man ain't been doing nothing since he was in the AFC Championship game with Jalen Ramsey when they were against uh, when they lost to the Patriots. So y'all do the do, do y'all history. I forgot what year that was. It might have been twenty. Ooh. I don't know, 2016, 2017, right around there. But anyways, I don't see nothing special in that. And I'm going to keep it a buck with y'all. Everyone has talked about how Jalen Ramsey was supposed to be like Deion Sanders 2.0. Every time I watch Jalen Ramsey play, he gets burnt really, really bad. He isn't, I I don't put him up there with, even on the Darrell Revises or the Richard Sherman type of level of cornerbacks. Like, I just don't see it. Every time I'm seeing him play, he getting cooked left and right, like in in this past game was a perfect example. He was out here getting burnt, burnt like like bad toast, like burnt like he was in a race against Usain Bolt. Like it just didn't make sense. And every time I watch him, I'm like, I don't see nothing really special about my man. Maybe I need to break down a little bit more game field, but I just don't see where the big hype is with him. So um, I could be missing something with him, but I just didn't see. Um, it just kind of proved my. It kind of gave me some reaffirmation that he's not maybe as good as we all think he is and that's more of a media hype thing based off of his name or something like that but we'll see um but yeah the rams they they got some soul searching to do and they got to get it together if they they plan on running it back but you know when you hear so many people you know there's speculation of you know does running it back even me is that even a is that even a thing no more do people just want to just get their one and leave as opposed to trying to get as many as they can due to the fact that more people are starting to realize how much of a violent sport football is and it's kind of starting to look like how that is at least for me in my eyes with the rams but we'll see but i just didn't like what i saw i did like what i've seen with with the buffalo bills I wish Josh Allen would kind of maybe step out of bounds every now and then as opposed to trying to truck people or give people stiff arms. But um, I, I think they're the real deal. I think Von Miller going over there helped them out a lot. I think that they're secondary. And I know that Tredavious White, I believe, isn't even there yet. I think he's still injured or something like that. So they're going to only get better. So, yeah, I, that is definitely something to look out for. So, yeah, my, my week one winners. Hey man, this is probably one franchise that I just I just don't I don't I don't see nothing special in them. I just don't like them. Um, they just they're just they're just I don't know I don't like them. And I, and I got to give them the credit. The, the the New York Football Giants they actually came in and beat a Tennessee Titans team. But I will say this. I said this. I said I think I said this last week. Expect the Tennessee Titans to take a step back. Like this is Derrick Henry's. I don't know how many years he's been in the league. But start expecting to see him to start wearing down. And this is the team that's heavily relying on the running game where Ryan Tannehill is somewhat of a more of a game manager. They don't have A.J. Brown no more. They just lost their top leading sack getter. So look for the Tennessee Titans to kind of take a step back. And that's kind of what we saw last week uh, or yesterday with, with them losing to the New York Giants. I ain't going to lie. Saquon Barkley, he finally looked like he was a, a fully capable running back. So that was a good thing. Um so yeah, I got to give them the credit with its credits due because I didn't expect them to do that, and they made it happen. So the New York Giants, they're definitely week one winners. And the second one would probably be the Eagles. The Eagles for them to go into Detroit. There's been a lot of hype of Detroit having the Hard Knocks documentary on them, and you know for the most part the game was a blowout. I know that the game was 38-35, but if you actually took the time out to look at the game. 
it wasn't even close. So um, my third winner would be the Miami Dolphins for them to just demolish. I mean, lo- I mean, just embarrass the doggone New New England Patriots, man. New England Patriots are going to be equivalent to what the San Antonio Spurs are. You had like that is exactly what Bill Belichick is. He is the great Popovich of the NFL right now. Had a, had over twenty some odd years of just success, success, success. All those championships, and now he has lost all of his star players, and now they are no longer relevant. Same thing with the San Antonio Spurs. Same thing happened when Duncan Ginobili and uh, Parker left. Now you got you got the same thing with terrific Tom Brady not being there no more. So. You know, it's, it's, it's going to be some tough times. And I think, I, I don't know. One thing is, Mac Mac Jones, the quarterback of the New England Patriots, he ain't got nobody to throw the ball to, ball to man. Like, Nelson Aguilar, come on, bro. Um, he ain't really got nobody to throw the ball to. Their defense is not what it used to be. And like I said, when you got people that were former defensive coordinators now calling offensive plays, like all these different interchanger, interchanging uh, cross change, cross training type of coaches. It just doesn't pan out well in the NFL. So, I think the Miami, Miami Dolphins might be the second best team in the AFC East behind the Buffalo Bills, and that's saying a lot. And my other winners is going to be the Bears, the Chicago Bears. You know, everyone was kind of making fun of them for them having probably the worst offensive line. Like I even said, I feel like Justin Fields was not going to make it this year, and for them to play in a terrible weather condition game. And for them to still beat the um, beat the San Francisco 49ers, that says a lot. Like, they were able to figure it out. They were to make things happen. And, you know, I always said that. And I, I think that this was a motivating game, motivational game for Justin Fields in particular. Because if you ask anybody, Justin Fields should have went to the 49ers as opposed to Trey Lance. And Trey Lance kind of, he peed on himself yesterday. He didn't play well. And this is the reason why Jimmy G is there. And I said it yesterday, or I said it last week. We don't. I'd rather deal with somebody that I do know rather than deal with somebody who I don't know. So we'll see what ends up happening. Um, we'll see what ends up happening with the Niners, but they might have a very, very short lease on Trey Lance. And the question is now going to be, what do you end up doing? What's your long-term goal? Like you can't go into year three. You know, let's just say barring anything catastrophic, but let's just say Trey Lance just doesn't progress this year. What's your next answer? Because he's going to have, let's just say he has another down year. You're going into, this is a three-year project now. And this isn't the, this isn't even like 10 or 15 years ago where you can get, you can draft the quarterback very, very high and kind of let it, kind of get them groomed and, you know, walk around the sideline with a clipboard and a headset on for them to kind of learn, learn the ropes. A lot of these, a lot of these teams are expecting you to go in as your first year and you should be able to play. And we haven't seen that with Trey Lance at all. So it's going to be very, very interesting to see how much of a short lease. Because this team is in win-now win mode. Like, they need its championship or bust for them. Anything outside of going to get a championship, going to the Super Bowl, it's not a successful year for the 49ers. So uh, you got a lot of players that's going to be very, very impatient. you got another year where you got uh, Nick Bosa, very, very cheap. Uh, you got uh, Brandon Ayuk on the, on the low-low. And you're just going to waste it on an experiment. That's a disservice to them players, man. So we'll see what ends up happening. So my losers, hey man, Baker Mayfield, bro, you are a bona fide loser. Like I ain't even gonna name the team, just you. You sat there and talked all that hard garbage about how you was gonna f up your own team, and they came in there and smacked you all upside your head. So Baker Mayfield, you are a loser. Always been one, if you ask me. Like you, you are literally Johnny Manziel 2.0 minus the off the field. In, uh, 
antics that you have, you're literally Johnny Manziel 2.0. Johnny Football 2.0 is what Baker Mayfield is. So I'm glad that we don't have to see him on none of these progressive commercials. Um, I don't know what they plan on doing. Is Cam Newton even on the on the Panthers? Like I would have put Cam Newton in um, before I would have uh, put Baker Mayfield. So I don't even know if Cam Newton's on the team, but they may need they might want to go call Cam Newton because he's got to be better than Baker Mayfield. Like he's got to be. Um, and then my next set of losers is the Dallas Cowboys. Man, me and my man Mark, bro, last night we was he came to my room because we was gonna go out and actually watch the game. But one thing we didn't realize is that like Mark's from New Orleans, I live in Las Vegas, so things don't close on Sunday. Like you can, you know, we, we live in pretty much practically two twenty-four hour cities where you can find something open at any given time. It don't matter what day it is. We didn't realize that in Atlanta yesterday that things close on Sunday. So my man Mark came to my room. We watched the game. We talked the whole entire game about everything else outside of the actual game. And we didn't realize when I looked up, it was going into the fourth quarter. I think it was like 19 to 3 or something like that. And um, we was like, oh, these boys stink. And then not to mention Dak Prescott breaks his thumb, it looks like. And he's going to be out for a majority of the year. So um, we'll see how they, they end up. looks like their season might be done. Like they might be dead as disco. So uh, we'll, we'll see what ends up happening with them. But they, they just... I mean, Zeke Elliott ain't got it no more. You're banging, you're depending on CD Lamb to be a number one where he had, I think, another, I think, two drop passes last night. He just don't, I think the moment might be too big for my man. They might have gone wrong drafting him as well. They went really, really wrong getting rid of Cooper, Amari Cooper, but I kind of understand why. There Allegedly, there was some rift draft between him and Dak Prescott, so they ended up letting him go, which I understand. But sometimes you gotta look, you gotta be able to go in there and try to figure that out between the two y'all, and they just couldn't figure that out. So, um, Cowboys are definitely some losers. And then as well, man, I was at the game and the Falcons, bro. You was up sixteen in the fourth quarter. What you mean y'all losing? Like I just, I didn't understand it. And my boy who I was with, he was I think when Mike Thomas scored that first touchdown, he said we gonna lose this game. And when you're at the game, you don't think about the history of epic failures of what the Falcons do, but it, it, it started, I was like, nah, I said, that's a touchdown, I think that's, they're, they're fine, they're, they're gonna be okay, you guys will be fine, as a Falcon, you know, talking to the Falcons fans, I was like, nah, you should give me straight, you know, it's just one touchdown, it shouldn't hurt nothing, but they couldn't, I mean, I don't know if the ghost of Matt, Matt Ryan came, floated on up in Marcus Mariota's body, but it just didn't work, um, the Saints kind of started going into a no huddle mode, and that actually was able for them to get into a better rhythm. Um, and they were actually able to figure a lot of things out. Jarvis Landry showed out. I forgot. I ain't gonna lie. I forgot how good Mike Thomas was. And mind you, he didn't play last year, so you got to take that into, in, into effect. But my man looks. My man looks like he's. You know. You know. You might have to move Cooper Cup over and just say, hey, it's between Devontae Adams and Mike Thomas as far as best receivers in the game. You know, you could throw a Justin Jefferson in there, but yeah, you. Just, he looked really, really good yesterday. You got Jarvis Landry. Um, Alvin Kamara didn't even have a, 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 a dynamic game, but they, they, the Falcons just, man, for them to be up that many points and, and after having an abysmal season the last few years and for them to just lay, you know, wet the bed the way they did yesterday was just pretty, it was pretty embarrassing. And I, I'm not a fan of neither one of those teams, but that was really, really embarrassing to see. So those are my week one's winners and losers. We definitely going to talk about those Raiders real quick. I told y'all, <laughs> I told y'all, man, it's the same old Raiders. New season, same thing every day. It don't matter who you out here. 
You know, it's like putting a lipstick on the pig, man. You you just gonna get the same results. No matter what you're trying to do to make them more beautiful, they're gonna be still ugly because they don't never work on the defensive side of the ball. I get it that they got Chandler Jones. I get it that they got Denzel Perryman. They got my man Hobbs, who's probably a top three to five cornerback, but they haven't fixed the safety issue. They haven't fixed like maybe another secondary quarter cornerback that can help out Hobbs because all they're gonna do is just throw on the opposite side of uh Will Hobbs. But I told y'all, man. Y'all was sitting there banking on this whole Josh McDaniels experience to be good. And I said, it ain't going to, it ain't. They got too much of a tough schedule for them to be out here trying to experiment the way they did. And now look what's going to happen. Um, they play the Cardinals next week in their home opener. I expect them to win that game. But then after that, they play the Titans. They got the Broncos. Um, they got it. Their schedule is not it's not it's not the best schedule that they have. Like they don't have any, a, a cakewalk. Not to mention they play in the AFC West, where now they're already behind the eight ball, losing to the Chargers last night. So I told y'all, I'm not surprised. I love my team. I love my team. But also, what I do is I set real realistic expectations. I think this team might only win nine games if they're lucky. Like that's a great season for them if they win nine games. Anything anything over that. That's that's money in the bank, shorty. What you think? But this team ain't gonna be. It ain't gonna. Be, they're gonna throw up great numbers. I didn't see Darren Waller involved in the game. They didn't utilize Josh Jacobs, who's probably one of the top three to probably five to seven, top five seven. You know, anywhere around there, you can shuffle him around. He's he's a top ten running back. They only gave him the ball ten times. Um, I didn't see Darren Waller getting involved. Um, you know, they, I get it. Devonte Adams is a great new, you know, hot commodity car. I just, I didn't see Hunter Renfro getting involved. I just saw, you know, I just saw a whole lot of Devonte Adams, this Devonte Adams, that, which you're going to be able to, you know, somebody's going to end up having to be wide open, but you're going to have to start spreading the ball out. You're going to have to depend on the running game. You're going to have to change up a little bit of philosophies. And I just don't see it in, in, in Josh, uh, my, uh, What's my man? Josh McDaniels, the head coach of the new new head coach of the Raiders. So um, am I disappointed? No, I expected that to happen. You also got to think the Chargers, they they loaded up on their team last this this past offseason. They got Khalil Mack, who's younger than Chandler Jones, who's more hungry than probably Chandler Jones. They got Asante Samuel, the second. They got Derwin James out there. They got Joey Bosa. They got a stacked squad on the defensive side of the ball. Then you give the Justin Herbert. Um, I know Keenan Allen, I got a little hurt, and you got Mike Williams. They got uh, Everett, the tight end. They got Austin Eckler, who's another top 10 running back in the league. They are stacked. The only thing about the Chargers is they do Chargers things. So you can't really depend on them to see see them win until you actually see them win. So that's my only thing about the Chargers. But, hey, man, I'm not mad at the Raiders. Like, that's, that's the most Oakland slash Las Vegas Raiders thing for anybody to do is to have false hope. Like, you know. Everybody to come in, oh, this our year, this our year. Man, it ain't going to be our year until we actually win. And that's just my philosophy, and that's just how I feel about it. I love my team. Like, I go out there and support them. I'm going out there a couple of games this year. I hope, like, I, I, I always truly, genuinely want them to win. But I also keep it 100. Like, nah, bro. They, 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 may, they may wet the bed. They might have a case of the lemon booty. Who knows? But they, they, they ain't it this year. So, everyone, all these analysts that's talking about that's their Super Bowl pick. I don't see it happening. Like I said, I actually got to see it happening for me to even uh, believe in it. So we'll see. But anyways, before we dip set up out of here, we definitely got to talk about the dummy of the day. Um, I saw this. Ooh, it had to have been. Had to have been Friday, either Thursday or Friday. 
I saw this little clipping of Mark Davis, the owner of the Las Vegas Raiders, was torn about attending the Raiders, um, the Raiders opening game, or attending the Las Vegas Aces um, game one in the WNBA Finals. If for those who don't know, Mark Davis actually owns the Las Vegas Aces, the WNBA franchise out here, um, and he actually ultimately chose to go to. <laughs> The Raiders against the Chargers. Granted, let me let me let me just rewind that. The Raiders played in LA last week or yesterday. The Aces were here in Vegas, and they had a lot of they had a lot of NBA players that actually showed up. I saw John Morant was out there. Um, I believe Pat Beverly was there. There's was a whole bunch of players actually that showed up. I can't think of any names, but I do instinctively this. I do specifically remember John Morant being at the game. <sighs> Here's the thing, man. Bruh, you the owner of both teams, and I understand you inherited the team from your pops, especially the Raiders on that aspect. But you also bought you also have a responsibility to show up and support your own commodities. And for you not to even show up to at least game one of the WNBA finals of your own team, that's a bad look, bruh. That that's a bad look. And then even like the Raiders played at home. If they play it at home, I can kind of understand where you're coming from, where you might be torn. But even if that's the case, the Mandalay Bay and Allegiant Stadium, they're right across the street from each other. They're not even a whole mile away. In fact, Mandalay Bay is the closest hotel to Allegiant Stadium. So it's nothing but a thing for you to get in your little convoy and shoot on over maybe, you know, half, you know, go to kickoff at the, at the I don't know what game started first, but vice versa. You could have attended both games if they were both here. I could have understood that. But the fact that the, that the Raiders played in L.A. and they didn't even play here in Las Vegas and you still chose to go on the road to support the Raiders, that's a bad look, bro. That's a bad look. So I got to give you the dummy today. And this is the problem that we have with the WNBA is that we have these we have these people that quote-unquote say they support the WNBA, but also at the same time they don't support the WNBA. And if your own owner ain't even going to sit there and come support you, I, it starts it starts from within. And then also, I, I, you know, I always say this all the time. I've been to a few WNBA games, um, especially the last few years since the Aces relocated out here. I'll go to a WNBA game. Like, I'm, I'm quick to go to a WNBA game, especially Aces. I feel like watching a WNBA game right now is more entertaining than watching a men's college basketball game. I feel like the quality of play is better. There's a more free-flowing game as opposed to college basketball. So if you're asking me what my preference is, I'm actually going to go to a WNBA game before I were to go to, hell, even a UNLV game here in Las Vegas. That's just who I am. Um, but at the same token, you got to get a lot of these boys, or not, not even boys, you also got to get females to support the WNBA. And I feel like there's not enough female support towards the WNBA. There's always a lot of this talk that they do, but I don't, I don't, you know, if I talk to a lot of my homegirls or a lot of my, 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 my friends, family, and they're avid sports fans, especially, you know, if they do, I ask them all the time, do you watch WNBA? And then most times they'll say, nah, I watch the NBA as opposed to the WNBA. That's hard, man. It's hard to ask for support and you're not getting that from me, even from your own kind. So, um, definitely Mark Davis, you definitely get the Sports Business Podcast Dummy of the Day because that's just a bad look, bro. Like, you got to go to support your team that's going to the championship. Not to mention, I believe the Aces are one of the top teams that are actually showing up for attendance. They're like one of the best teams in attendance-wise. Um, every time I've gone to the game, the game's damn near sold out. So I don't understand 
why you ain't trying to go to these games. Like, I just, what? But anyways, yeah, Mark Davis, you definitely get the Sports Business Podcast Dummy of the Day. One, for hiring Josh McDaniels. And two, for you to just ditch your, your you know, you, I get it that you have obligations. But for you to ditch your obligation where right now they are a hot commodity. They're probably the hottest ticket in town, probably even over the Raiders. And you didn't even want to go support them. So it's a bad look. But hey, once again, you listen to the Sports Business Podcast available on all platforms. Um, I appreciate everybody who's been listening. Um, you can find me on Instagram at Monday Compton. You can also find me on the Twitterverse at Sports Business. Like I said, email me. What's your What's the best rivalry that I might need to check out as far as attending sports? So I'm gonna try to I'm gonna try to hit up a lot more sporting events where it's like more rivalries. So let me know what's a good one to hit up. I'm taking all recommendations. Um, like I said, Atlanta they they did their thing this weekend. Um, the city. I I love my peoples. That's all I gotta say. I love my peoples. Like no other people's, man. So, um, like I said, we're going to run it back next week. We're going to talk a little bit about week two. Um, we might dibble dabble into maybe even a little bit of NBA because training camp probably starts to open up really, really soon. I know the Golden State Warriors are actually going to Japan in about two or three weeks. So, yeah, basketball season is actually about to start coming rolling around. So we actually about to get hot and heavy in a lot of different sports. So um, if you like sports business and you want to support local people, man, support me. I appreciate y'all. Um, like I say, I always tell you all to tell tell a friend, tell two friends, tell three friends. So um, other than that, y'all be safe and we'll run this back next week. Deuces. <laughs>